Welcome to BroTrek, the only Star Trek podcast from two brothers. So Nick, we uh, just rewatched Star Trek Picard a little bit earlier tonight. Uh, we both saw it back on the first day. What was your overall reaction? Well, let me go ahead and give my uh, captain's log entry here. Uh, Stardate 1-29-2020, captain's log. That's not how Stardates work. I don't know, Edward. I'm not actually Captain Picard. Anyway, what did I think? Um, I thought it was great. Um, I mean, it was better than I could have, than I possibly hoped it to, to be. Actually, uh, you know, the end where how how do you, how do we want to do this? Do you just want to talk? Yeah, or let's do we want just to start at the beginning and kind of work our way through the episode, or do you? I want figure to we'll drop. The, I figure we'll. The, Spoiler from the very end. I figure we can just give a high-level discussion of how we felt about it. Then we can just go kind of beat by beat and talk through the talk through the episode. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So overall, I really liked it. Um, when I watched it for the first time back on Thursday, I I think I just got because I'd watched a shit ton of Star Trek Next Generation leading up to that. I think it took me a little bit just to get used to something different, and in particular, something that was um, that was so uh, set around like the, the, the civilian aspects of the Federation. Because like that's just not something you got a whole lot of in the original Star Trek, you know? It was always like you were seeing just basically this military version of it with just kind of like little glimpses here and there of the civilian life. And it was just weird, you know? It was weird when we cut to the to the young couple, like, canoodling in their apartment in Boston, and he was like, man, that's so cool. Yeah. And it just felt... It felt more contemporary without that kind of, like, out-of-time aspect of Star Trek The Next Generation. But when I watched it again today, that that I guess I was already used to that, and it was ready for it, and it didn't throw me off at all. I wouldn't say it threw me off or anything, and I I didn't have a similar feeling as you did, I guess, but I wasn't going into it expecting it to be anything like the original, really. Um, yeah. To me, it was a new show about an old show, and it had all the new show stuff, you know? Um, the format, the timing, the pacing, everything like that was nothing like Star Trek, uh, Next Generation. Um, and which is great because they, yeah. you know, they couldn't have redone that show well. Um, yeah. You know, and I think it would have been, you know, attractive. Yeah, and I think if you tried to just recreate Star Trek the Next Generation again, you end up with something kind of like the Orville, which if you haven't seen it is really bad. Yeah. Um, it it's basically like what if we just tried to slavishly recreate an off-brand Star Trek the Next Generation but then also add in a bunch of really bad Family Guy jokes. Um, and I don't really like Family Guy, and so those jokes didn't work for me. And I watched like three episodes of it a couple years ago and was like, well, I guess this isn't for me. And that was kind of the extent of it. Was um, it Star Trek, though? No, it's it's basically off-brand Star Trek. Gotcha. Right? It's gotcha. just kind of thematically like Star Trek The Next Generation, but it has no official connection yeah, other than yeah. other than you know they're fans of the show. I will go um, ahead and discard that show de- de- detritus from my memory. And I yeah, I, th- care. I think that's legit. Yeah. So when when, when the show opens and you have uh, 
the original, you know, Enterprise D. How did you feel? Were you excited? I was stoked. Like, as I said before, I didn't really have any expectations as to what the show was going to be. But whenever I saw them on the Enterprise, I was like, holy shit, this is a show about Data and Picard balling on the Enterprise. Um, but the first thing I noticed was how old Data looked in that. And I wasn't sure if he was actually looking old, if I just didn't remember his character as well, or mm-hmm. if it was just 1080p made him look older. Uh, I think it's probably all of the above. It's so. not. Because the next time he shows up in the episode, in Picard's so-called dream, where he catches him painting, yeah. Yeah. he looks younger. And you're right. I noticed that too. So yeah. here's the interesting thing. Canonically, Data was designed to age like a normal human would age, right? Um, now, I mean, why did they do that? Well, there's some like plot mumbo jumbo, but really it's just so, you know, they've got an excuse for Brent Spiner to age just like a normal human being ages. Right. Um, and I think what you're seeing there was probably like, these are like, uh, because cause we, when we see him at the first time, he's wearing the movie uniforms. And when we see him the second time in the painting dream, he's wearing the TV show uniforms. And so he is supposed to be younger. I did not make that connection, but I think you're totally right. So what if the first scene where they're at Mars is Mm -hmm. reality? That actually happened. Because we don't know what happened uh, whenever they, you know, Mars caught on fire. Maybe they were just at Mars all of a sudden. Maybe they were, you know, in the solar system. Something happened while him and Data were playing uh, Yeah. And they showed up at Mars, and then I'm pretty bad happened. I'm pretty sure that's a, just a dream. That's not not a memory because we know that Data died at the end of Star Trek Nemesis, right? Oh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and and he put his memories into B four, which was kind of them opening up the door of does Data survive uh, for you know another Star Trek movie, but they obviously that did not happen. So um, if that's the case, it, then you're saying his he, aging, yeah. Uh, the first scene, as opposed to the painting scene, yeah. is just a figment of Picard's. Um, yeah, yeah. It, know, just in his dr- yeah, in his dream, the first time he's remembering Data, circa Star Trek Nemesis, circa Star Trek Insurrection, right? And then, but the second time we see him dreaming about Data, he's dreaming a memory of Data when he was in, painting the painting. Yeah, when he was painting the painting, you know, in whatever, like a couple seasons into the show, okay. uh, because they're wearing the. Uh, the episodes that don't have the little little piping um, that they had in the first two seasons, so it's at least season three or four. Okay. Um, yeah. Well. Um, yeah. All right. Well, something that I've just been dying to to bring up since I just yeah. rewatched it is yeah. how fucking weird everybody treats Picard, and I think he is probably in a holodeck or something like that. There's something I, not real about the world that he is in. Yeah. Specifically, the two Romulans that are his housekeepers, they yeah. act very strange and act very weird and are probably in on something. Probably the people who are uh, who attacked the the Romulans, they're, they're probably together with them. And the reason I, don't, I think that is because somebody else is in on the other side. And that's whoever the mom of mm-hmm. Dodge was. Because she was yep. obviously not really talking to her mother. Either it wasn't really her mother, 
because she's a you know, an android or that wasn't you know who she called because right, she picked up like immediately. A... Who picks up their phone immediately like that? You know, I guess a mom does. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's a very good point. And so, uh-huh. so I actually know a little bit more about those two. Um, Rom- his two like Romulan housekeepers slash friends because those are characters that are introduced in the Star Trek Picard comic book um, that I have read the first two issues of. The third one came out today and I haven't had a chance to read that one yet. But uh, um, so those so in the Star Trek Picard comic book, it's called Picard Countdown. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, it basically it is about Picard trying to you know lead the fleet to rescue Romulans in advance of the supernova. They go to this one planet, you know, dramatic stuff happens. I won't really get into the details. I don't think the details of it really matter. But as part of it, he is introduced to these two characters who are trying to help him out um, because the Romulan leader of that colony he's trying to save is ends up trying to stop him. But long story short. These are two people who were uh, members of the... They were Romulans who were members of the Tal Shiar, which are essentially like the Romulan SS. Um, so they are like the secret police uh, that are within Romulan society. Uh, but these two had fallen in love and decided they wanted to, you know, help Picard. And those are the two people that we not, we see um, at the beginning of, of episode one of Picard um, Helping him out, or at least that's as best as I can tell. That is the case. Yeah, they're so, they're so in deep cover. Uh, it seems to me. Well, so either it's one of two things, or it's both things. Which are one, he saved their life. They are eternally grateful to him, and they become friends. And he needs they need a place to stay, and he's you know whatever he's like ninety, so he needs some people to help him out. Um, and so they they do that. But they are also Romulan secret service or Romulan secret police. So. This could be really, really, really deep cover, and they've like like to your to your point, they are keeping an eye on Picard. They are waiting for this to happen. Um, they are set making sure be, making sure that this happens, um, even though they've been there for fifteen years or however long. Speaking of making sure this happens, apparently, what, what's the the male guy's name? The male Romulan. I didn't catch either of their names. Well, he didn't do a very good job of making sure she didn't bring up him leaving Starfleet, even though he made very clear that he did. And, yeah. Uh, so it sounds to me like he may have not done that, told Picard that he did, knowing he was going to set him up, because the lady that interviewed him knew exactly what she was getting into. She was there yeah. to ask him about leaving Starfleet. And yeah, it's yeah. probably all part of the vast conspiracy to make Picard the front of the um, whatever reason the Romulans are going to use the Borg ship to come and attack Earth and take it. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're not reconstructing Romulan or Romulus. They're building that ship to come take Earth. Where else are they going to go? They're going to do something. Um, They may be trying to take Vulcan or something. Um, But yeah, but you're you're right. Like They don't want Vulcan. Yeah. Um, so one thing I really liked about that interview um, with when Picard was talking to the to the journalist, and that was actually when the the first time I watched the whole kind of like it's the Federation News Network and the kind of like twenty twenty ness of some of that. It, it throws me off a little bit, but of course this this when I watched it the second time, I got you know didn't 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 feel off putting at all. But that interview reminded me of nothing so much as the videos of uh, Bernie Sanders in front of the New York Times editorial board, where you know they're all just like, "So Bernie, you want to do good things, not bad? 
why isn't that stupid and terrible? And he's like, what? So I don't care. You know, just <laughs> like, um, Bernie, you, you don't want to, to nuke every other country in the world. It's like, yes, correct. And oh, we gotcha. <laughs> because like the beautiful thing about that, about that sequence is it gets at this aspect of Picard where he is just a, um, just a beacon of moral clarity, you know, like that's why like, one of I think the best best Star Trek episodes that gets at Picard's like deep deep morality, but it's not an easy morality. It's morality he has to struggle with is the uh, episode that introduces Hugh, the kind of independent Borg, right? Mm-hmm. And he Picard is traumatized by having been turned into a Borg and become Lacutus of Borg. Uh, he meets this Borg and he's like, no, don't rescue it, kill it, or bring it bring it up to the ship. We'll heal him and then we'll use him. To send a virus back and kill all the Borg. It's great. Problem solved. We've killed all the Borg. But of course, he's reminded of the, of Hugh's humanity. Um, and then that's, that is, um, you know, they instead send Hugh back, like without doing that, right? And he's got just his individuality, which of course they take on later. And there's a bunch of follow on plots from that. But I think that kind of like morality that Picard brings is, is, is really is really obvious there, right? And that even comes back in those later episodes where he's accused of being a traitor for not killing all the Romulans and things like that. Um, and it just made me the specific line where he says, you know, I, we were going to save all these lives, and the journalist is like, "Ha, gotcha! They were Romulan lives," and he says, "No, they're no, lives. Yeah. They're just they're lives." And I think that gets right at that kind of like deep morality that you know made me think of Bernie Sanders, where it's like, you know, cares not just about. Uh, the, the lives of Americans, but also the lives of Iranians and Iraqis that, that other American politicians just like, yeah, just kill them. Who gives a shit? Well, know? whenever I heard him say that, I was like, man, I can't wait to be able to use that in our conversation. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know Well, they're, they're fucking Mexicans and Guatemalans in cages. What do we care? They're not yeah. Mexicans and Guatemalans. They're people in cages. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really, I really love that sequence, and but I, I think your your theory that he was set up for that is really interesting because I had be the captain all. they all remember, you yeah. know, is what yeah. she said. And yeah. why, why would they want that? But because they want him to be used uh, mm-hmm. in their propaganda or whatever they're using, yeah. you know, back in domestic policy. Yeah, yeah. But. So, so a couple minutes later, when um, <clears throat> Dodge shows up. When I first saw her, I had no idea what she was going to be, right? That she was going to turn out to be, at least potentially, a daughter of Data. My first guess when she showed up was like, oh shit, I bet she is Tasha Yar's daughter, granddaughter. Because, you know, Tasha Yar had the half-Romulan daughter, um, whose name I can't recall, but who, you know, we've seen that episode where um, she is trying to destroy the Federation because she resents her mother, um, who, you know, was... Traveled back in time, et cetera, et cetera, and then you know ended up a Romulan prisoner, and then uh, the mother of a half Romulan child. But I thought that maybe that 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 Dodge was going to be that woman's daughter, like Tashiar's granddaughter, because I don't know they don't look entirely dissimilar in terms of nah. facial structure and stuff like that. Um, we had never saw her ears, so we didn't know if there was any pointiness to them. Um, and in in Star Trek Nemesis, the last Star Trek, you know there was. This that the main bad guy was the clone, the Romulan clone of Picard, that was um, played by Tom Hardy uh, in his first major Hollywood role, um, and that was a really stupid really? idea. But maybe they were gonna. I it was like, maybe it's this girl is the daughter 
of Picard's clone, clone uh, who was played by Tom Hardy with Tashiar's daughter, and so it would end up being Picard's like daughter or granddaughter, depending on how you define the kid of your clone. Is is the kid of your clone your daughter or your granddaughter? Um, yeah. But I mean, obviously, that's Tom not Hardy what it was. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah, but obviously that's not what it ended up being. It ended up being Data's daughter. But that was because that was something about her cheekbones. I was like, she's got to be related to Tasha Yar. She's got that look. Yeah, tough, hot chick. Uh, yeah, yeah. On the rewatch, the first thing I did whenever she was introduced as Dodge is I looked up her name. And Dodge means dowry in Hindi. Interesting. Hindi. Is it Hindi or Hindu? Hindi. Hindu is Hindu's the religion. religion uh, yeah. The, culture yeah yeah whatever but yes um so dowry i don't Mm. know if that means anything but i don't know we'll have to think about it the gift that he's giving to or or, you know transfer of wealth to yeah society or something uh, yeah something Mm. Mm. probably not (laughs) no but we'll see we'll see uh, so go ahead go ahead i was gonna say so we then go uh um, he, he he has the dream about data, which we already discussed. He, they, uh, she runs away. He goes to to the Starfleet uh, archives, and I thought that was a really cool sequence where you got to see just his little like memories box, you know, with the with the Cleon Batleth and the painting of the Enterprise, and then of course Data's painting that we get to look at. Um, well, before we get to that, um, another thing about his mm-hmm. uh, the Romulans that live with them. She oh, comes, yeah. runs in, and wakes him up on that same couch where he keeps waking up at. Because um, mm. he woke up after the explosion there. Yeah, um, yeah. And she comes in, and she says, the girl's gone. I got up at 5, and it's midday. And she said she got up at 5, and she's gone. So obviously she either wasn't gone at that point, and something happened, or she just didn't come and wake up Picard because she wanted him to catch his old manzies or something. But another mm. strange thing that she did. And that's a obviously it point. has something to do with the plot or she wouldn't have said that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question. I mean, we later on here that she said she ran away because she wasn't feeling safe, but you're right that like, why, if she was up at five, why didn't she catch it at that time? Why didn't she let Picard know? Well, um, she probably told him, or she probably was told to leave. Yeah. Because yeah. she ran away. She was obviously upset again. Yeah, yeah. she wasn't upset whenever she went to bed after they healed her. Um, yeah. They used a little laser knife on her head. So I think that it's you know reasonable to suggest that the, the Romulan uh, help told her to leave because she's bringing danger to him. And mm. Then she gets all upset and runs off. And then, much later, Picard's told about it. But the time of that doesn't make sense. He's an old man. He does not sleep through all morning. And, you know, he was, earlier he even said he wasn't getting sleep. He wasn't sleeping well. Hasn't been sleeping well. Um, so, there's no way he slept through the night and through all the morning without something else going on. And I think that that chick's behind it. Um, yeah. Hmm. But again, to the Romulan help before we get back to the archive, which is the coolest part. Um, the dog not taking food from uh, the guy. 
why doesn't he take food from the guy? And never has, apparently, because Picard's oh. dogs. Maybe he's not even there. Because you don't see them interact with other people, I don't think. Um, they only interact with the card. Or no, they do interact with Dodge because at one point she she's, she takes her up to the up she uh, fixes her head and takes her upstairs to sleep. Okay, yeah, you're right. All right, enough. I guess I've drawn too hmm. many conclusions from that. Uh, uh, but I do think you're onto something. Called? If the dog won't take food from him, like maybe that says something. Um, yeah. Or yeah. Also, or also maybe the dog's just uh, racist against Romulans. Um, That's true. I think he's a Funny thing about that dog, I was uh, listening to the... In the, in the future, they still clip dog's ears. Torture It's them. terrible. How could Picard stand for that? Maybe it's, it's a rescue. Um, so, funny story about that dog. Uh, so, they got this dog. Uh, apparently, the dog is a total sweetheart, but a terrible actor. And so, it took forever to use him in any scene that he's in. So, apparently, he was going to be in episode one a lot more. But they are like, no, we can't do it. This dog's too hard. He's a terrible dog actor. Um, won't listen to anyone or anything. Huh. Which I thought was pretty funny. Hmm. Well, I mean, they made a point of using him to detect good characters and bad characters. And the only character he detected as good was Dodge. Mm-hmm. And you don't really see him... Yeah, you don't really see him interact with anybody else, assuming that that's what they were going to want him to do. Yeah. Uh, maybe run off the reporter that was bad, too, or something. But, yeah. anyway. Anyway, all right. On to the archive. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, what, what what did you like about that scene? I know you said that it was one of your favorite parts. Oh, man, just the archive in and of itself was cool. They made yeah. no qualms about, or they didn't beat around the bush to explain it. Like, his conversation with the the AI that ran it was talking and describing what the place was, which was cool. You know, and they did yeah. it quickly and, and succinctly, and yeah. I gave you all the information you needed to know, and it was, it was just cool. Um, and, like, the... Uh, the what is it? So whenever she was walking him in and he asked if that was uh, a joke and this told her not to keep her day job, <laughs> she looks at him just like the Romulans did. They get, she got the, she gave him the same look everybody else that he is interacting hmm. with aside from Dodge gave him this kind of patriarchal or uh, just like looking at him like he's the one that's acting strangely. Um, yeah. Sort of look. And then said, you know, my program allows me to, you know, grant privacy or something like that, and walked off. Um, but it was that look she gave him was so similar to what the other people who were supposed to be on his side so far gave him, which, again, makes me think that there's something about the whole, uh, like, his universe that he's living in, or the world that he's living in is somewhat artificial or contrived. Which hmm. makes me think about the intro. So the uh, the opening scene. Yeah. What is that called? Like the, the intro. Just the, the yeah. Intro. The uh, credits. Oh, int- opening. Yeah. Opening credits. Yeah. So there's the sky, and the sky cracks, and yeah. a piece of glass falls out, and it eventually makes its way into Picard, and it becomes yeah. Picard. So again, some sort of world that is potentially like holodeck like. Um, that he's being controlled in. Maybe he's still hooked up to that Borg ship that we'll get to later. And they're yeah. trying to make him think things so that he will do things to Earth. 
he'll make statements yeah. to to you know the Starfleet um, or something. I think that's a really interesting theory. I, I guess I'm not entirely convinced. But I think it's a really interesting, and, and I actually I think if that's the path they take, I don't think it'll be as interesting of a show. No, you know no, I, I think it's the whole the first like thing I came up with, yeah, yeah. I think the whole like oh, it's all a fake reality is pretty well trodden territory. It isn't that right. interesting anymore, um, and it's definitely. But, but on the other hand, it's it's a well that they went to a lot in Star Trek: The Next Generation. You know, there were tons of times where someone was experiencing unreality in some way, um, all the way down to the finale where like. Picard is existing in three different time frames and it's all being controlled by Q. Oh, that was one other thing I wanted to mention. The opening sequ- the, the opening scene where he's playing cards with Data, when Data puts down his cards, he has five queens. And the queens are Q. So that means either one of two things. We're going to get Q showing up at some point, um, maybe in this season, maybe next season, because there is a season two, or it's a shout-out to QAnon. And it turns out that Picard is actually part of QAnon. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably per, pretty pretty close to the truth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shout out to QAnon, huh? Shout um, out to QAnon. Uh, where we go one, we go all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, huh. Well, whatever happened to Q? So, so I mean, he he Q was. He just took Data's form, right? He wasn't uh, an android that gained sentience no. and godlike powers. No, you're thinking of Lore, not Q. You're thinking of Lore. Lore was Data's brother who was evil. Um, no, Q is the god. Q, is, yeah, Q is the god, yes. And so Q showed up in the last episode of Next Generation and then gave, basically gave Picard kind of one more test and Picard passed that test. Um, then he did not show up in any of the movies, he did show up in Voyager, but I have never watched Voyager other than a couple of episodes back at the very beginning when it was first on. Um, I don't really know much about what Q does there, but you know he does show up again. So he, there's nothing to stop Q. Oh, they so haven't killed him off. There's, tricks. Yep, there's nothing to stop them from bringing bringing Q into into the show. Um, cool, cool. Yeah, and yeah. since the the. Boy, is it Voyager where the chick is the the hot chick with the eyepiece? Yes, that is seven of nine. Yeah, and she is going to show up later this season. Yeah, and she looked like she was the same age. She was. She didn't look like she'd age. I didn't really watch the show, that's, but she, that's Hollywood magic, man. They have uh, they they have the the best medicine and the best uh, fitness and the best uh, you know healthy foods and all that stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, so so after he goes to the archives, we have the little action sequence where where Dodge really like totally to my surprise gets killed by the Romulans. I was not expecting that to happen so quickly. Well, what was up with the spit? Like, it's, yeah, he must have like popped a capsule or something for like a last ditch like suicide. Yeah, weapon. Um, That's not uh, an ability that Romulans have shown before. Yeah, nor Vulcans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. not just their blood. Cause that looked like it sucked. Yeah, she like Luckily, died, died hard. Up. Yeah, she was yeah. melting. Yeah, she looked like yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then when he wakes up and he goes to the Daystrom Institute, um, I really liked that sequence with Allison Pill as the doctor or the scientist. And I don't know if you noticed, but when she mentioned a Doctor Maddox, that is a, the character who wanted to take Data to disassemble him. 
in the classic episode of Measure of a Man where Picard puts where Data's humanity is on trial. Do you remember this one? I do. Yeah. So that classic episode, the guy who wanted to disassemble Data was Dr. Maddox. Um, and so they were, uh, I don't know if that actor is going to show up, but um, they at least mentioned that character, that that character kept doing sense and built the synthetics that, you know, attacked the Mars colony uh, and destroyed all the Romulan ships back, uh, you know, before the, in the, so the before the show he, started. He's on the evil side of things. Well, not guy. necessarily. No, he is um, in that episode. He wanted to do something that was, you know, wrong and unethical, but he and data became friends at the end. I mean, he was a fellow Starfleet officer um, and they mentioned him in a couple of episodes later on in the season in passing that he and data like, kept up communications. I would say this is not necessarily an evil guy, but one with, you know, kind of flexible morals, maybe. Okay, and he recruited that chick that Picard was talking to, so she is likely on the same wavelength as he is when it comes to doing those kind of things. She was very upset that the program got shut down. All they can do now is theory and simulations. Yeah, building no real androids. Um, Yeah, and so I'm really curious, like... What's going to end up they're going to do with that character? Because Allison Pill is a pretty big actress, you know, kind of a rising star. So I don't think they're going to just like leave her and that'll be it. Like oh, I imagine she'll, too. yeah, what, and I ma- imagine she'll, um, she, uh, I don't know. There's a couple of other shows and TV shows and movies I haven't seen, but she's been around and has been in some stuff. Um, but yeah, I uh, some show that high, uh, uh, you know, so, some shows that other that I haven't watched. Those girl um, shows that Heidi watches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Not like Star Trek. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have to look it up. Um, she was in uh, American Horror Story, and then um, was the uh, was the the one that that is most recent. Her most recent big thing. Okay, and then I don't um, really watch that. I don't really yeah. watch horror stuff anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she, uh, again, a fairly big enough actress that she's definitely, they're going to, you know, have her do some more stuff. I guess maybe she'll build, build a, a new data by the end. Uh, maybe we'll get a fully functional return data by the end of this. Because they did talk about how, like, all it takes is one, one, neuron. one neuron and you can reconstruct all of data. And that neuron could be in... Well, it's not in not in Dash now because she got blown up, but it could also be in um, the um, uh, in the Dash's uh, sister, twin sister that we see at the end. Um, right. So let's talk about that sequence. So we see this awesome. Well, let me, awesome, let, me, let, me, let me. Oh yeah, go let ahead. Me go back to that real quick. I, yeah. Something I didn't really understand was they saying were they saying that they could recreate data with all his memories? Yes. From one neuron. That was how I interpreted it. Well, okay, they can they can travel warp speed, so they're beyond me. But yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah you don't have to worry about the science making too much sense. No. It is Star Trek. <laughs> they did they did have an episode where it turned out uh, um, Scotty had been hiding in a transporter for like five hundred for yeah. like a hundred years or whatever, just so they could get that James Doohan cameo. <laughs> uh, cool deal. Okay, all right, yeah. go ahead. So yeah, so we get this awesome uh, Romulan bird of prey. Still looks very Romulan, and it looks oh, yeah. really cool. Uh, but definitely a nice new take on it. It lands, and then this you know the like uh, hunky shaggy hair Romulan steps off. And when he first stepped off, I was like, oh my god, 
That is Ethan Peck Spock from Star Trek Discovery. It's exactly what I thought. They look so much alike until you're like the camera's right up in his face a little bit later. But it's this the haircut, the way he just the the build, the just overall facial shape, face face. Uh, facial shape of that guy i was like oh my god they, they're doing some sort of tie-in with the discovery version of spock traveling to the future or a clone of spock or something but you know it's not it's a different guy but oh my god he looked so much like ethan peck's spock from discovery season two i said that that's exactly what i thought but i didn't think that at all um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I thought that he reminded me of Benedict Cumberpatch's character from uh, the new movies. Um, oh, yeah. Where he is uh, his, his, Yeah, his take on Khan from um, uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, ho- yeah. I, yeah I, that's, yeah, th- thankfully it wasn't that because that was, that movie was terrible. Uh, oh, come yeah, on. Was it wasn't terrible. No. It was okay. It was, it was, it was terrible. Okay. Uh, it was. It was okay. I thought it was okay when I watched it the first time, and then I watched it a second time, maybe like two years ago, and I was like, "No, this is really bad." Yeah, it well, has some good. It, it has time, some good so. stuff. There's a couple good sequences, but overall, it's a very bad movie. As yeah. opposed to Star Trek 2009, which is actually really good. Oh, fuck yeah. I, th- I think yeah. that one really holds up, and then dis- uh, then Star Trek Beyond is also very good too. Um, it's just like a really fun. I don't know. Feels more like an episode than trying to do something mega epic, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, so that was uh, a pretty wild episode. And when we zoom out and we see that the Romulan in the or in the board, reconstructed Borg cube, just I feel like this episode. So many TV shows will set up some sort of big mystery, like the mystery of who's Dodge, and then they don't, you know, like we, by the end of season two, you finally know who Dodge is or something. Right. But this one was like, no, we're just going to halfway through. We're going to tell you more or less who she is as far as we can tell. And, um, uh, but now she's dead. And then now here's this totally crazy thing. that like opens up the scale of this story, which had been pretty like small scale human, you know, it's just a couple of people like, yeah, it's, you know, he's traveling all over the world, but it's only like a half a dozen people that are involved in that plot. And then all of a sudden, the scope of it just blows out into its are the what the Romulans are doing, what that has to do with the Borg, why this well, one human is on there because, or at least this you know person who thinks she's a human is on there. Well, she's not the only synth because the the guy, the Romulan she was talking to, is also a synth. Um, Whoa! Why do you think that? Well, you would not think that because he said he wasn't a twin, but. Nobody ever said that those synths that they make are twins. They are... He ah. owned Picard and he assumed that. He said twins, and she's like, ah, yeah, sure. And if, sure, in this case, there happen to be twins. Mm. But they don't have to be twins. Nobody mm. ever said that. Mm. He said he did have a brother. He lost him recently, very unexpectedly, sort of like her sister just died very unexpectedly. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, why would she be on that ship? Why would she oh, be on? Oh shit! Okay, here's my theory: the Romulans they had this, you know, the the supernova happened, right? They were mostly depopulated. There's not a lot of Romulans left relative to, however, because the Romulan Star Empire was relatively small compared to the Federation or the Cleons. You know, there's fewer Romulans than there are. You know, then there are, um, uh, you know, humans and stuff like that. And then this supernova happens and it takes them out even more, right? Like, like 
some of them were were um, rescued, but most of them weren't because of the attack on Utopia, Planitia, and those ships being destroyed. Um, what if the Romulans are trying to repopulate themselves faster by building synthetic Romulans? And the okay. synths will are not necessarily just like you know whatever like a, a warrior race, but they are actually making Romulans that are synthetic so that there will be more Romulans just in general. So that they can rebuild the Romulan Star Empire faster without having to sense. wait for population growth to catch up. So, the doctor, uh, the guy, the scientist that um, was the um, that tried to take data apart. What was his name? Mc, McDonald. Um, uh, Maddox. 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 So yeah. she said the the scientist that Picard talked to said that she tried to find him, but never did. Yep. Maybe the Romulans found him. Yeah, and that is who they're going after. Are the synths that he made because they got they he told them that we made other synths, and they're going after those other synths because they show whenever they show up in Dodge's apartment, they said, "Where are the rest of you? Not where's your sister? Where are the rest of you?" Um, and you know, so there's probably more than just her, her uh, the one that's still surviving. And then potentially the Romulan and his dead brother. Um, yeah. Or maybe it's the opposite, and though the people who attacked Dodge are the good Romulans who weren't responsible for Mars, mm. because yeah. the Romulans were responsible for Mars. Romulans hate. I was going to say Americans, <laughs> but well, the, Americans the are human, hate, so they hate, yeah, yeah, they hate yeah. the Federation. Right. Yeah. And or so maybe they were. Do. Maybe they were. All, there was a. There was a rebel faction of the Romulans, or a more extreme faction that was already planning on doing something like that. And then whenever the their star went supernova, they said, "Well, this is it. Let's go ahead and take them out and do what we yeah. can." Um, and so they sent in some people, uh, some some sense to do that, and to set up their you know their eventual yeah. takeover. Um, yeah. How did the I star see, go supernova? Because yes. you know if it's going to go supernova a millennia before it happens. Yeah. So, well, I think like why they didn't know and um, you know a thousand because years the before rebel is, group is, of Romulans is, caused it. No. Well, actually, let me state that I I can't see that didn't happen, but that has not been indicated in anything that has been written so far. So the Romulan star went supernova in Star Trek two thousand and nine. Um, it was that was kind of the framing narrative where you had the what is it, Eric Bana's character who played the the Romulan like he was like the one ship that got zapped back in time and except for then Spock's little like jellyfish looking ship also gets zapped back in time etc. Um, so yeah, so in the comic books that were coming out around that the lead up to 2009 there were there was a series of comic books which are not like official canon but apparently they, they do they were written by the same people that wrote the movie and stuff like that so they seem to be um using some of the ideas from that in Star Trek Picard in that story that's where they first introduced the idea of Picard is helping lead the federation uh, attempt to save the romulans right spock is doing the whole like shoot red matter into the star to get it from to not go supernova but in general, Picard is is leading that attempt to rescue everyone. Um, in it, there are groups of Romulans that don't want the Federation to rescue them um, because they're too you know, kind of too proud or they hate the Federation. Um, 
I don't remember the details of that because I, it's been so long since I read it. But I, you, you're, to your point, perhaps some Romulans might have in, like intentionally caused their star to go supernova um, because they had a plan. Um, or alternately, even if the star was just going to go supernova anyway, there were Romulans who had a, their own recovery plan, and they, like you said, stopped the Federation from being able to rescue the Romulans because they wanted it to happen in a different way. Like in that Picard countdown comic I was talking about earlier, the story of it is he's on some random ship and they're going to rescue this one Romulan colony and they get there and they're like, yeah, there's only like a couple thousand of us here. We're all ready to beam up. And then Picard's like, okay, cool. Let me walk around for a minute. Oh, wait, turns out you have enslaved the natives of this planet. Uh, We need to rescue them, too. And the Romans are like, hell no, you're not rescuing them. Uh, Screw you. Uh, It turns out it was all like a trick to get Picard there to try to kidnap him. And then he's saved by the Tal Shiar Romulans that are his that are, uh, you know, living living with him at the beginning of of the TV show. Um, And I think. That actually is some evidence that perhaps people were, you know, the, the, a group of Romulans were trying to stop the Federation from, um, you know, in, uh, from doing this rescue mission. And they first tried to kidnap Picard to do it. And then either and or uh, as a backup plan, they bombed the they used sense to bomb that uh, to bomb Mars. So um, I think that is a interesting possibility that you have raised. It's also the correct uh, one. Yeah, we'll see. So the new episode season uh, it it drops at midnight pac- uh, Pacific time, uh, which is uh, two a.m. our time. <laughs> um, so let's just keep podcasting. All yeah, the way let's through. do it. We'll just we'll just wait right through. We got two hours, uh, or no, we got four hours till it comes out. Uh, I do not plan on staying up until two a.m. Um, <laughs> If it was midnight Eastern time, then yeah, I'd stay up. But uh, because it'd be 11 p.m. my time, but that's not going to happen. Uh, so might try to watch this. Uh, um, I'm going to lie to myself and say I'll try to get up early and watch it before work. But realistically, that's not going to happen. <laughs> no um, way so we'll, I'm going to do that. No. <laughs> um, so we'll watch it tomorrow, and then maybe try to watch it again, give it a second watch, and then we'll then we'll record again. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you, Nick.